Kia ora, I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. Today on The Detail, gore grief. Troubles at Town Hall. The Gore District Council has been paralysed for months over the fallout of the fractured relationship between its mayor and chief executive. New Zealand's youngest ever mayor is refusing to step aside despite a tumultuous first six months of his term. Trust is at a very low level and it's uh, incredibly fragile. Ben Bell was just 23 when he ousted the long-standing mayor Tracy Hicks last October. Congratulations, Ben Bell. How are you feeling? Yeah, um, excited. <laughs> and if that sounded like an understatement, it's because there was already plenty of drama and it hasn't stopped. So will Gore follow Tauranga City Council? The dysfunctional council was sacked in December 2020 and commissioners were installed to run the fifth biggest city in the country. Well, RNZ's Dunedin reporter Tim Brown has been covering the local body Argy Bargy and he was at last week's meeting when an independent review was announced. Here's the latest. We've finally had a public meeting of the council, and this is the first one since it was revealed on March 30th that the mayor and the chief executive are no longer speaking to each other. Gore Mayor Ben Bell and council CEO Stephen Parry are at loggerheads. That was revealed to councillors on March the 28th, but that was at a behind-closed-doors meeting. None of the details were going to be known of what took place in there to the public. However, RNZ and staff were able to obtain details of the meeting. They've called them leakers, uh, let's just call them sources, as, as to what took place behind closed doors. And what, what councillors learned at that stage was that... A dysfunctional relationship between the mayor and chief executive is not sustainable. The relationship had broken down so completely they have not spoken in, in recent times and they actually attended mediation back in December. So that gave a flavour of to, to how bad the relationship has got. From what I understand, in fact, I, I know it to be true because Stephen Perry told us this after the meeting uh, earlier this week. They had only spoken twice before Christmas anyway. Last six months would be the toughest six months I've had in my local government career. And so what the council has now done is to formally appoint an intermediary, a go-between for the two men, and that's going to be another councillor, Richard McPhail, who's a, a former top cop from the region in, in Gore. And uh, the, another measure that they've taken was to attempt to remove Ben Bell from the Chief Executive Appraisal Committee, which is a committee that sits on every council to, to oversee and, and review the performance of the Chief Executive. The big, the big thing they do every five years or so is to decide on, on whether to extend the contract of the Chief Executive or not. The council at the Behind Closed Doors meeting moved to remove Ben from that committee. He wasn't actually at the meeting at the time. He had walked out, and they were doing it publicly on Tuesday. Right as they were about to vote on it, he said, hold on. Um, can't actually do that. Actually, I've read the, the Local Government Act. I can refer to the section here that, that tells you. Under Section 41A5 of the Local Government Act 2002 that the Mayor is a member of every committee, so you can go ahead and remove me, but I'm still going to be on that committee. So while I can be removed, I'm still technically a member of that committee. At, at this point, they're going to be seeking legal advice on that. That was a, a real moment of tension, uh, and I guess that was probably the, the first time we've seen Ben... He wasn't fiery, but it's as fiery as he's been in his public performance so far. He was, 
standing up for what he saw as his legal rights and digging his heels in against the council that was ready to vote unanimously, the remainder of the council, I believe, to take him off that committee. Well, shall we take it back, Tim, to the election? Because we had a very long-standing mayor, Tracy Hicks, and he was ousted by 23-year-old Ben Bell. But right, right then, at that point, there was some drama, wasn't there? Ben Bell is neck and neck with the incumbent, Tracy Hicks, both awaiting with bated breath, obviously, for the special votes to be counted. I mean, the margin was incredibly close. Eight votes between them. There were also uh, a few dozen informal votes and blank votes. So Tracy actually sought a, a recount of the of the election. It goes to a, a district court judge to decide whether there'll be a recount or not. And then it took the judge another couple of weeks before actually coming back with his decision that no, there's no grounds for a recount here. And so they got off to a bad start in terms of making progress because they were already about a month behind before they even got the council sworn in. Yeah, glad, glad the wait's kind of finally over and um, we can move on to the, the swearing in and get on with the job. You kind of think, how come a 23-year-old ended up in this, in this position? I saw a little piece about him on, on stuff. Hi, guys. Come on in. This is my house. <laughs> he may not be your typical mayor, but he does own a pair of red bands. He's a software developer. He helps startups and small businesses. He's doing up his own home. He is part of this group, Team Hokanui. And he says that he ended up going for mayor through, from this team because he had the most political experience of the whole team. And we thought that four councils is, is fantastic, but really, you know, if we want to make a big impact, one of us should go for mayor. And um, I had the most political experience somehow. Um, I threw my hat in the ring and, and here we are. He's a bright kid. I mean, there is no doubt in that, that, that he had a, a very, very bright future before all of this, I guess, controversy enveloped him. Um, at 12 years old, he invented a, a GPS-enabled wristband that would allow hospitals to trace their patients. It was such a big deal, he actually presented the invention to a, a Medicine X conference that was organised by the Stanford University in California. And later that year... His invention got him the youth category of the Wellingtonian of the Year Awards. And in 2019, he was still a teenager at the time, he actually started work at the Horizons Regional Council as an environmental data analyst. So that was the political experience that the other members of Team Hokanui were pointing to when saying, you've actually probably got the most experience, you should probably be the one who goes for mayor. He is from a Gore family. No, no, well, oh. that, that's the thing. So he, he is actually from the Wellington region. He's relocated to Gore um, in the lead-up to the election. He said he was coming down to relocate his business, be close to family, obviously his mother's in Gore now, and that's where he decided to chuck his hat in the ring with his team, Hokanui. He, re he reckoned he could see issues with the council that he could help fix. I campaigned on, on the mandate of Back to Basics, so that's focusing on things like rural roads, recycling, um, and three waters. So it's getting stuff, making those small steps to show that we're making change um, while we develop those those longer term plans. What is he like to talk to? What what kind of person is he? How does he come across? Yeah, he's a very sharp young guy. You know, he is he is incredibly well spoken. He looks the part. <laughs> I, know, I know that's a silly thing to say, but you know 
that's part of the vibe of a politician, right? Do they look like a politician? He looks like he could be a politician. He obviously has strong political views. You know, what some of the first things he did on the council were, were introducing a porphyry and a, a karakia mm-hmm. to council um, ceremonies. Uh, the first unilateral step he actually took as mayor was to appoint mana whenua representatives to all council committees. Now, that's since been walked back um, because of the potential cost of that. But he obviously has ideas about what makes good political leadership and what makes good policy for the country. Uh, but he's also finding out very rapidly that you know, this isn't a dictatorship, that the mayor is, is one vote of 12 and without consensus, none of what you want gets done. There's another element of Ben Bell's personal life that crosses into politics, his mother. Ben wasn't actually yet mere when this came out because we were still in that phase of awaiting whether the judge was going to allow a recount to go ahead or not. And stuff revealed that, that Ben's mother, Rebecca Taylor, had worked for the council as its regulatory and community services general manager from October 2020 to April 2022. And it, it, it ended in an employment matter which the council won't reveal the cost of or the, the extent or nature of that employment matter. Tracy Hicks was actually one of the members of the council committee which oversaw it and and there has obviously been costs but we don't know what they are or what they entail. Interestingly enough Taylor sought election to the Goran Districts Health Incorporated which is the the trust that oversees the local Gore Hospital and as she was only one of the two candidates for four vacancies she was declared elected in October to that trust. There is a portion of the community, and this is very much from the side who is is backing the status quo, who had voted Tracy Hicks in the election, that he's basically stood for mayor as a revenge campaign on behalf of his mother. From conversations with Ben, I don't think that's true in any way, shape or form, but um, I think he's certainly got his political instincts. She's been involved in council roles, obviously, so so she's come from that political operative background, and and he's, he's got his political governance instincts from there. So I, 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 don't, I don't think it's in any way fair to say that he's acting as a proxy for his mother. That, that's certainly not the experience that I've had of dealing with him or, in fact, any of the other councillors who know him. Um, it, w- it wouldn't be fair to, to, to put him that way. But nonetheless, you'd have to think, if there had been an ugly episode involving your mother and the body that you were now going to lead, it would at least colour your view of it before you got there. So six months on and the rift between the two bosses of Gore District Council is so bad they're not speaking. How did it get this bad? I mean, why, why don't you and the Mayor get on? Uh, well, it's got quite a, a long backstory, but look, uh, and what I want to emphasise is that I made the gesture, the offer of help and assistance right from the get-go. And then there was a period of just being frozen out. Uh, the, the mayor did not want to receive the advice, not just of me, but my senior staff. From the outside, it seems like there's two groups of people here on the council. Yeah, and I think that is the impression that, that comes across, is that you've got the, the true blue old school members of the Gore District Council who were not happy to see their man lose, and you've got the young blood who were trying to to tear it all up and, and do it all over. And I, I think it's actually more nuanced than that. There are people who, who fit into, I guess, both camps at some times and some who fit into neither camp. It was fair to say that after 18 years in charge, there was a mood that maybe Tracy had had the job long enough, but there was equally about half the town who thought, 
after 18 years in charge, this is a safe pair of hands. We can trust them to, to run the town properly. But that's where the, the real division lies, I think, is in the township, not the council itself. I think those who have actually managed to make their way onto the council table simply want what's best for their, their district. It's just they, they do have slightly differing ideas on how that can be achieved. And obviously you've got this relationship between the now Mayor Ben Bell and uh, the Chief Executive Stephen Perry, who's, who's been there an incredibly long time as well. He started in the role back in 2002. So he was Chief Executive for the entire time that Tracy Hick was Mayor. So that's where the battle lines are drawn. And, and that spills out back into the community who already either fell into one of two camps. One that thought, you know, the Gore District Council needs a shake-up. They need a real kick up the backside and a change. And those who thought, they've been going along nicely for 18 years. Why will we change anything? Yep, this is it. Gore, the capital of brown trout fishing. Capital of country music. Tell me a bit about Gore. I mean, what I know about it is this um, rural town... Uh, between Queenstown and Invercargill, population 12,400 for that Gore district that the council covers. But do you know it well? Uh, I, I actually have family that live in Gore, so I, I think I, I, I can say that I know it as well as anyone who doesn't live there. And even if you live there, it's the kind of town that if you live there for 10 years, you're still not really a local, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, right. So, so it's got that kind of attitude. But yeah, in terms of its main exports, what it's known for elsewhere in the country, I, I think you'd have to say it is country music. It's it's the home of the Gold Guitars, now the, the Tussock uh, Country Music Festival. Gore is ringing to the sound of country music this week with fans from all over New Zealand gathering for its biggest national celebration. And the other one is, is brown trout. The statue in Gore that really jumps up and grabs attention is this wily old brown trout. It is a regional farming hub. That's really what keeps Gore afloat and has for probably the past 130, 140-odd years. The thing about a lot of these um, small provincial towns, they were really hurt by the reforms of the 80s, and it's been about where does our future lie from here. And Gore, I think, has has been ahead of the, the curve on a lot of that, mostly due to agriculture. The median income down there at the 2018 census was, was $30,900 uh, annually, for your bang for your buck actually is quite high in Gore. There's a lot of wealth held by those in the farming community, in the business community. So there is there is quite a bit of money floating around there. This is the world that Ben Bell from Wellington stepped into, promising to get back to basics. Instead, he's been bogged down by local politics. And soon after he took rain, he had to take a break. And he said, I'm going to take a few days out. Uh, he sent that email around the council, uh, and it's interesting that we, we, we talk about leaks because it was very easy to get hold of that email and able to get an insight into where he was at. So he was clearly, at that point, quite exhausted pretty early into his, his, his mayoral uh, reign, and that in of itself became a story. You know, new mayor can't handle the pressure because that was, I think, the suggestion from a number of people, not necessarily just on council but in the wider community, you know, he, he's too young, he won't be able to cop it and only a few weeks actually into wearing the chains because of course there was that entire month that was written off he's already taking a week off to try and you know, mm. get, get himself together One of the articles that I was reading about all of this 
the comments are kind of amazing because they range from, oh, these old dinosaur councillors need to be, you know, put in the local museum. It's just because they don't like change. But then there's some on the other side saying he's just too young to be a leader uh, and he's put the staff and the councillors in a terrible situation. Yeah, I think if you were to talk to uh, 10 people from Gore, you'd probably get five on one side and five on the other. I mean, this is this is a town that was split right down the middle at the election, and I don't think anything that's moved. I think, in fact, if anything, those who voted one way have now moved further to their direction, and those who voted the other have done the same the other way. He's proving those who didn't think he could do the job right, and he's proving those who thought that the council was stayed and old-fashioned and stuck in their ways right as well. Meanwhile, you know, council business, what, what's being achieved? Was it Stephen Parry who said... Not a lot, to be honest. My main fear is the governance areas of the council, so things like our annual plan, they are delayed. Annual plans is obviously a big one, you know. Nothing can be achieved in the coming year if the annual plan isn't, a, isn't agreed to. It's now April. <laughs> mm. That annual plan is meant to kick in from July 1st, and at this point, there isn't an annual plan to, to uh, turn to come July 1st, um, there isn't one signed off. So there will be a time where staff are going to feel the impacts, and I'm sure they're already feeling the impacts in terms of public scrutiny. Hanging over me is a cloud of sadness and of frustration. Keith Hovell, a first-term councillor, says it hasn't been easy so far. My work environment, and the environment of staff as well, I'm sure, is full of distractions and stress. What's the work environment like? Well, when everyone thinks quite passionately, one way or the other, oh, you're hopeless, or oh, your leader is hopeless, it will affect you, I imagine, as a worker there. So, so there must be impacts, at least from a work mental health point of view, if not from actual impacts to ratepayers and the services that they expect. When we were having a chat about this before, you were saying it speaks to some of the issues embedded in our national landscape. Is that what you mean by that in terms of, you know, the division, but also the whole local government running a town, running a city? We, we, we always talk about voter turnout at these elections, and it seems to drop off every time. There is a malaise over people, and I think it's, it's most pronounced in the generation who doesn't know any other version of local government other than what we have right now. And it, it, it speaks to that sense of, well, what does local government actually do and what difference does it make if I vote? And I think there is a general sense where that is true where the, the whole way that the local government reforms were set up in the late 80s was so if you had um, a, a group of councillors who were dysfunctional and terrible, the services just kept on ticking on. But then it does, it raises the question then, well, then what is a, a council meant to achieve? You know, do they actually bring the views of the community into the council organisation and, and, and impart policy on it? Or are they simply there to, to tick boxes on behalf of staff? Because I think this is a tension that, certainly is true at Gore, as we've seen in this term, but it's true of many other councils and many other situations around the country. And when you get a really competent um, group of councillors with a really competent mayor and they've, and they've got a, a group of staff they can work alongside quite well and, and are themselves staffed by competent people at the executive level, you see that things hum. But at the other side of it, what happens when the councillors actually push back? What happens when they don't see eye to eye and what happens when they push back against their, their staff? That's where issues arise, and I don't think there's any really easy solutions for it because the legislation, to a certain extent, was set up 
so that you, you couldn't have a bunch of rogue councillors make things difficult. Are you confident that you still have the confidence of your community? Yes. Your council? Yes. And the staff of this council? Yes. So what now? What is going to happen? Because clearly this can't continue as it is. You know, you can't have a mayor and the chief executive not even able to speak to each other. Well, that's right. And and <laughs> I've asked Stephen Parry that and I've asked Ben Bell that. You know, what 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 from here? Where to from here? Your chief executive characterised that the council was paralysed for the past six months. Do you agree with that assessment? No, I don't. Do you want to elaborate further? No, I would not. Where to for the relationship between you two? There's been a resolution passed uh, this evening that there will be a review in place, which will hopefully give us some outcomes of where to from here. In the meantime, there is an intermediary in place who will keep the um, relationship uh, stable so that the council can function as it should. This can't be tenable. You can't have two and a half years there. And they both agreed that it's not, that, that this is a far from ideal situation. Stephen Perry said that uh, this council has been really um, paralysed with trying to make any sort of progress over the last six months. So that's governance as opposed to services. That's an incredibly long time to have not only a strained relationship, I think it goes a bit beyond strained, where the two most senior officials, elected and unelected, can't even talk. That can't be maintained for another two and a half years. So if that independent review doesn't come back with some real answers and answers that everyone can get behind, that's the other side of a review, right? Um, the response may be, may be different from what's expected. Well, you do wonder if it's going to be another case of Tauranga City Council. I am resigning as the Mayor of Tauranga with immediate effect following this meeting. A commissioner was appointed and the commissioner is still there. And I think everyone has said we aren't there yet. We're nowhere near the need for the government to intervene and, and start firing people and start appointing commissioners. We haven't got to that stage. But Stephen Parry said after the council meeting on Tuesday, anyone can see that if we don't get things fixed, that's where we're headed. So while on on, on one hand everyone's saying there's no need to be talking in those extreme terms yet, everyone's saying we are on the path to that if things don't change. Have you seen anything like this before, Tim? Well, I, I mean, we have very famously seen a dysfunctional council in this part of the country before, and as recently as last term. People will remember in the Cargo City Council and Sir Tim Shabbolt. But I guess that was different in that everyone saw the writing on the wall there and what was coming up, and so they moved to make the council function in a way that they could just keep going until they could get to the next election. Uh, it's not clear here that if there was an election tomorrow that Ben Bell wouldn't win again. So it's a very different situation. Meanwhile, is he is he getting back to basics? You know, is he getting the roading fixed and whatever else is important in the infrastructure and things like that? Well, I guess to a certain extent you'd have to say he is getting back to basics because in six months they haven't agreed to anything. So <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing more basic than that. But I don't think that's what he intended when he was talking about back to basics. 
That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett Kelly. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. This episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell and produced by Sarah Robson and Bonnie Harrison. And thanks to Tim Brown. Mā te wā.